You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Today we're going to talk about deeper. Who all wants to go deeper? Yes, everybody does because we've talked about it uh, personally, one-on-one. We've talked about it in church. We all want to go deeper. And the one thing the Lord's been talking to me about is um, we've got to get away from just the topsoil. And we got to get down to the roots. We got to get down to the depths of what he has for us. And of course, that's the whole journey I've been on in the last really couple of years. You know, um, we all say we want more. We want more of his presence. We want more of his voice. We want more of who he is. We want more understanding. I mean, there's a zillion different ways to describe the more that we want of God. But God has this more plan for us that takes us in a depth that we didn't even know was possible for us. I mean, you think about where your journey started with God. And some of us have been a long time. Some of us have been a couple of years. Just think about where your journey started with God and the things that he has unfolded, the places that you are that you never knew that you could be. uh, And just the amazement of that. The way that you read the word now, just think about the first time, you know, reading the word and trying to understand what does this really mean? And, and now the, the depth of experience and the Holy Spirit in reading this. So I, I want to talk about this a little bit. We're going to read a lot of scripture today. So hang on to your hats. Um, get ready for the word because the word transforms. The word changes us. And I always say, if we have no inflection in our voice, no uh, uh, ups and downs of our voice as we read, but we just read the word in a monotone, straight voice, the word still changes. If we read the word screaming, jumping up and down, the word still changes. It doesn't matter how you hear it, your spirit responds to what's being released through the word by the uh, presence of God, right? So I may scream, I may read it monotone, I may have my run around the block a couple times for us, you know, we'll just see what happens, right? Okay, we're going to start with, this is kind of be our core strip, scripture for the last couple of uh, sermons, but that 1 Corinthians 2.10, we're going to read 2.10 through 12 and verse 16. Because I want us to uh, eat and consume the word. Sometimes God will have us read the word the same place over and over and over again. And it's not that our reading has changed, our understanding changes. He begins to take every word, every thought, and expand it and grow it within us. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit, the mysteries. For God searches all, I'm sorry, for the spirit searches all things. Yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man? 
which is in him. Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. We do not have the spirit of the world. I don't have it. I ain't got it. I do not have the spirit of the world. That's right. But the spirit who is from God, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. We do not have the spirit of the world. I don't care what anybody says. We don't have it. We ain't got it. So I want to talk a little bit about going deep. And when I was thinking about this, God reminded me of when we went to the big island in Hawaii, Kona. And um, you can put up that slide for me now. Uh, They have a mountain there called Mauna Kea. And I'm showing you a little difference here because Mauna Kea is actually the tallest mountain on the earth. Technically, it is the tallest mountain on the earth. But if you see, and I don't know how well you can see this, Mauna Kea is on your right. It has 18,000 feet of it below sea level. So in comparison to Mount Everest, Mount Everest is perceived to be the largest mountain, the, the largest mountain in the world. But actually, this one is. And it's not by much. You know, Mount Everest is... 29,028 feet, where uh, Mauna Kea is 33,465 feet. Not much. I think it's three quarters of a mile is actually what it is. But the difference is most of the mountain is hidden. Most of it is underwater. So on the surface, with our natural eyes, it does not appear to be that big. And when we think about that, when we went to that, uh, it is so, the altitude. You know, you think of Hawaii like Florida, kind of, you know, tropic, flat, you know, we've got. But when we went to it, we actually we went to the very top of the mountain and we actually had to go up half of it. And then we had an hour of like decompression so we could adjust to the atmospheres before we went to the very top of it so we wouldn't get sick. And there were still people who got sick, but fortunately they weren't on my bus because I don't do sick. (laughs) I can do a lot of things, but that is one thing. If y'all get sick, call Chuck because he'll take care of it. I'll be like, I'm in the back praying. It's okay. I I just can't do that. But it's really interesting because we had to let our systems get adjusted to a greater altitude. And when we were up there on top of uh, Mauna Kea, they have... Uh, telescopes from all over the world, Japan, Taiwan, because, because of the peak level of it. And when we were up there, it was almost like you could touch the stars. You felt that close to that realm. And we could actually see satellites cross the sky with our naked eye. I mean, it's a, if you, but we had to wear parka because it was freezing up there. They have snow on top. So you don't think of a Hawaii with a snow-covered mountain on it. But it's very interesting. They have five different atmospheric or eight different atmospheric. They have a rainforest. They have a lot of different things on Kona. But let's not get off the topic. The point is, is that we see so much with our natural eyes that 
we forget to look for what is hidden. We forget that there is a whole nother realm that is not seen with our natural eyes, but is seen with the spirit of the living God in us connected to our spirit. And that's what I want to talk about a little bit is going deeper. And that's really what the whole class is going to be about is learning how to go into the depths of God. So anyhow, I thought that was really interesting about the mountain and even just the looking at it. It's a very beautiful place. And of course, it has the, the volcano also. We flew over the lava and all that and it's hot, hot. So anyhow. So we're going to go through a couple of scriptures that we're going to start with Hebrews 5.12. And I'm going to actually read it out of the Passion Translation. You got that for me, Kevin? Thank you. It says, for you should already be professors instructing others by now. But instead, you need to be taught from the beginning the basis of God's prophetic oracles. You're like children still needing milk and not ready to digest solid food. For every spiritual infant who lives on milk is not yet pierced by the revelation of righteousness. But solid food is for the mature, whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. Whose spiritual senses perceive heavenly matters. That's what we're going after. We're going after that the fullness of heavenly matters can be perceived by us. And that have been adequately trained by what they've experienced to emerge with understanding of the difference between what is truly excellent and what is evil and harmful. And, you know, that's one of the biggest calls for us right now is our discernment. Is being able to distinguish between evil and and good. And the difference between evil that is dressed like something of God that is not. And we see a lot of that in just in just just in general generality. Uh, six one Hebrews six one. Now is the time for us to progress beyond the basic message of Christ and advance into perfection. The foundation has already been laid for us to build upon. Turning away from our dead works to embrace faith in God. Teaching about different baptisms, impartation by the laying on of hands, resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So with God's enablement, we move on to deeper truths. And you know, to be honest with you, as our gathering family, our web church family, I'm not concerned about us feeding on milk. We are a mature body. We are people who are going after the depths of God. What I'm more not concerned, but what I'm more uh, uh, imparting to us, challenging us is to not be comfortable with what we know, but to press on until we have that breakthrough revelation of the next thing. We understand that every time we have a breakthrough with God, it gives him room to build on the next thing. If we stay where we are and we're comfortable where we are, then we'll never have the next thing available to us because we won't be interested. Our eyes will not be open enough to see what he's trying to show us. And all of us get into a place where we feel 
content in our relationship with God. But God isn't looking for contentment. He's looking for fire. He's looking for people who will burn for him and not be satisfied in the last place we were with him. I need yes on this. I need somebody to agree with me because it is true. It is true. We can be happy being born again. We can be happy that we're going to have eternal life. We can be happy that our family's saved. We can be happy that we're healed. We can be happy with all those things. But when we read the word, when we read Daniel, when we read Ezekiel, when we read Acts, when, when we read Hebrews, we understand that there is a greater invitation for us to go into a depth of God that he has prepared for us. That he wants to build on what we already know, what we've already experienced into a greater manifestation of displaying who he is and in a greater intimacy with him. He wants it all. You know, have you ever seen a building that's uh, got partially built and then abandoned? We don't want to be an abandoned building that just got satisfied where we are in our relationship with Jesus. We want the full build. We want every door, every window. We want everything possible to be open to us so we can experience, encounter, and engage with God at the level he has prepared for us, which never ends until the day we meet him in heaven. It is not a um, quick journey. It's a journey of persistence. It's a journey of continual hunger after the God who created us. Amen. Okay, Mark 8. Am I Mark? Let's see. Yes, Mark 8. We're not going to read the whole thing, but I do want to talk a little about it. Jesus has all these people that are waiting to be fed. There's 4,000 of them. And... Um, he begins, and we'll go in verse 6. We know that they've been told to sit down. He goes to verse 6. He commanded the multitude to sit down on the ground, and he took seven loaves and gave thanks, broke them, and gave them to the disciples to set before them. And they set them before the multitude. They had a few small fish, and having blessed uh, them, he said to them also before them. I'm sorry. He set them also before them. So they ate and were filled. They had everything they needed and they had some left over. So that, that, has, that was taken care of. And then in verse 11, he encounters the Pharisees. The Pharisees came out and began to dispute with him, seeking from him a sign from heaven, testing him. Now understand that the Pharisees had heard about the miracles that Jesus were, was doing. But what he was doing, they did not consider a sign from heaven. You know, they said he was partnering with the devil. You know, they called him everything possible. So they're looking for a sign from heaven that will satisfy their human desire. Not what God has sent. God sent his only son and they're looking for something else. And every time Jesus displays 
he, he begins to get attacked by them. It's crazy. That's right. But I'm going to tell you, I've read this many times, you know, especially I'm thinking, I'm not sure I would have been any different. You know, it's easy in hindsight to do an analysis of what happened and what their problem was. But who knows? If I might not have been one of the ones saying, of course, I was a woman. I couldn't have said anything back then. But, you know, Chuck might not have been one of the ones. <laughs> but, you know, think about it. God is showing us things that confound our minds. He does things for us, like the lady being healed, ran a marathon. She was supposed to have surgery. He does things for us that make no sense if our mind has to make the decision about what has occurred. The Pharisees had seen, heard about Jesus's exploits. And they ask him for a sign. Because miracles were not enough. Their hearts were in a place where when God sent his son to display his glory, they could not see the son, the savior, the Messiah they had been looking for and were trained to see all those years. Verse 12, it says, but he sighed deeply in his spirit and said, what does this generate? Why does this generation seek a sign? Assuredly, I say to you, no sign shall be given to this generation. And I'm sure the Pharisees went away scratching their head going, you know, what does that mean? Because they didn't have the spiritual aptitude. They only had the mental instruction. And our mind cannot collate, cannot understand, cannot interpret what the Spirit is doing without the Spirit of God giving us the breath. And that's not even the point of this. So, verse 11. So here we have this. Uh, uh, I'm sorry, verse 13. And he left them. So he left the Pharisees getting in the boat again, departing to the other side. Now the disciples had forgotten to take bread. And they did not have more than one loaf with them in the boat. Then he charged them saying, take heed, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees and the leaven of Herod. So the leaven of the religious spirit, the leaven of the governmental spirit that was against them, the evil that was against them. And they reasoned among themselves saying, it is because we have no bread. Now we look at that and we laugh but understand, they are going through a transformation with Jesus. Where what they see in the natural has to be reinterpreted through the spirit. And they're thinking leaven, bread, we just multiplied bread. We didn't bring enough bread. So, yeah, it must be because we forgot the rest of the bread. But what he's trying to teach them is that they have to learn to see with their spiritual eyes and not grasp with their intellectual knowledge. And we understand that intellect, there's nothing wrong with that. 
God gave us a mind. He gave us a brain. But we interpret through how God wants us to see so our mind can grasp and move forward based on that revelation. But Jesus, being aware of it, said, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes, do you not see? Having ears, do you not hear? He's not talking about in the natural. He's talking about in the spiritual realm. When I broke five loaves for the 5,000, how many baskets full of fragments did you take up? They said to him, 12. Also, when I broke the seven for the 4,000, how many large baskets uh, full of fragments did you take up? They said, seven. And he said to them, how is it you do not understand? He's not talking about the collection. He's talking about the miracle. And when he's talking about the Pharisees, he's talking about don't let their mind, their thoughts infiltrate yours. They look like you. You know, they're coming after the word of Moses, because that's what they followed. They knew the word. They're coming after that. But Jesus has broken in to fulfill the word of Moses, which they could not recognize. So that he's saying, don't let the world, the spirit of the world influence you. Because it will become leaven within you and you will be unable to discern and hear and perceive what I'm saying to you. And that's what we're doing. We're getting rid of the leaven that has infiltrated our mind. There are a couple things. I'm, I'm just going to share a couple things with you. Um, then we've got a few more scriptures to read. But, you know, there's a couple things I just want to talk about um, it's interesting, and you know, some of this I've, I've gained from reading this book and the class, but it's interesting, uh, Chris Valentin was talking about, on one of the videos, about how they learned when they were really small, before Bethel had, you know, 50,000 members, there were just a few that they would get their prophetic people together and they would practice and they would prophesy over each other. They'd write everything down. They would track it. They would, you know, see how the God was speaking to them. They would learn, etc. And then they started having dreams. So they would write them all down. They would share them in their little group that they had every week. And they would begin to uh, ask God, what's the interpretation? And then someone, he said months later or whatever, came out with the dream interpretation book. So every time they had a dream, they'd get the book out to, to figure it out, figure it out, lay it all out. And because uh, prior to that, all of their dreams would get fulfilled that they were having. After they started using the dream interpretation book, the dreams quit being fulfilled. And uh, they started seeking the Lord, Lord. You know, why is it? He said, the dream interpretation was to help you learn how I speak, not to replace hearing from me directly. 
And it's easy for us to learn and to uh, get manuals or take our experience and say, well, this is the way God always does it because God is a God that does what he wants to do in the way that he needs to do it, not in the way we expect him to do it. And really, that sounds like such a simple, because there's nothing wrong with dream interpretations, books. I have several in my house, all that kind of thing. But what God is pressing us is to learn from one another and to learn from him. Learn to hear his voice. Learn to stretch ourselves in what he wants us to know. Learn to inquire of the Lord, not just receive a word um, of, you know, whatever it is. Let's just say, uh, I'll share one. We, we did a little exercise. There was a company and all it's called a double blind. So they say a company has a problem and that's all you, they tell you. And then you have to go to the Lord and ask him, what is the problem? What is the solution? That kind of thing. So we did that. And then the next week they came back and they said, okay, now we're going to get you to expand the thought process and the conversation that you're having with the Lord. So what we want to do is include who, what, when, where, and how. So the word I got for the company, there was a long word, but one piece of it was there's going to be an expansion. So I went back and I said, Lord, the prophetic word is there's going to be expansion. So help me to know more about it that I can share with them. So the who was there will be additional people with the addition of people. The business will expand. So by adding people, it'll, it'll expand. When I saw the words fall written just in a vision in my mind. So I wrote down fall. Uh, how to find the people, not to look at their resumes, but look at their potential. Now, see, I didn't have all that. I started with just the word, there's going to be an expansion. And what uh, is the expansion? And what I saw in a vision was a forklift lifting up a full pallet to these huge shelves on the very, very top. And the Lord said, they're going to raise the bar for the industry that they're in, which will add to their expansion. And that's just a little piece of what I got. So this conversation with the Lord, as he gives you a piece of information, taking it further. Let's open up that conversation, Lord. Tell me more about what's going to happen. Tell me more about how it's going to affect whatever he's talking about with you. Tell me what is the next step, whatever it is, but pressing the Lord because the Lord speaks. He is a verbose God. He loves to talk to his people and by entering into a dialogue that pushes you beyond just the word that you've gotten into a greater understanding. And then as we began to put all of these words together, because there's other people that we begin to see the bigger picture come alive and what God wants to release over this company. But us learning how to 
converse with God at a whole different level in order to get a greater revelation and understanding of what he's trying to tell us. That really is the goal in this era. Like I said, or in this, whatever you call it, generation, uh, that dream about us being the hope and the visionaries and the declaration of future for the generations that are in front of us right now, for the generations are to come. That is a strong word of the Lord for us. There is a loss of hope. There is a loss of really uh, any understanding of where we're going because there's no, I'm not going to say no, that's, that's a very black and white word, but there is a, a missing majority of visionaries for the Lord that are out there declaring and pouring into and raising up the generation so they can have a hope for the future. And that's what they need. They need hope. Right now, we are living in such a virtual world that they don't understand the reality. And um, someone uh, that I know has a, a, a teenager and they basically live, you know, they have these virtual apps. So their whole life is lived in their virtual app. They can make their world so perfect on their phone that when they come out of that virtual reality, they cannot handle the day to day. It's too real. They, they've, they've painted and they have the perfect house. They have the perfect friend. They have the perfect dog. They have the perfect this. Their whole virtual world is a euphoria of lies from the enemy. It is a counterfeit of real life right now. And that is what this generation is living. In fact, one of the big gives for 2022, I've read some are the virtual glasses and they're not like the virtual glasses that came out five years ago. It's a whole different virtual reality. And we have to understand that we've got to break that spirit of counterfeit that is across the nation, across the world, over these children, because they are living a world, they're living in a reality that does not exist. So they have no hope. They have no future. They have no thought about what's ahead. They aren't being challenged to let's dream about what God can do for you. Most of them don't even know who God is. They have never heard the name Jesus. When I was growing up, everybody went to church, whether they were really a believer or not, because that's just what you did on Sunday morning. That is no longer, that, that no longer exists. There are kids who don't know Jesus. They think Jesus is a homeboy written on top of a hat. They're thinking, who's Jesus? Who's Jesus? I don't know. But we don't understand the level of deception that the enemy has set against this generation. Um, we just don't really understand. And it may not affect your family, but it is affecting the world. It is affecting our schools. They're being taught about genderlessness. That parents aren't really the reigning rule in the house. They're, ta they're taught options that never even came across our mind when we were growing up. 
they're taught buying a house together and not being married is just just fine. It's just the same. Having a few kids ahead of time, not a problem. And really, honestly, that's the problem of 20 years ago. Right now, we're talking about a whole different gender, marriage. We're talking about a whole different situation here. But we've got to be the breakers. We've got to hear that solution from God to know how to break this stronghold. We're, we've got to be the ones that is, that's not going to let the spirit of counterfeit steal the hearts of our children. Uh, we had someone that I prayed for not too long ago that is a Christian and um, also involved in tarot cards and spells. And I know we, we think, oh my gosh, but you know what? They didn't realize that it wasn't okay. And we have infiltrated Harry Potter. If you watch anything on TV, it's all, you know, it's all something. (laughs) I don't know what, I don't even know the right term for it. But if you think about what is being, you know, there's a difference between fantasy and reality, but because of the virtuality and the the, uh, electronics that are available, we knew the difference. You know, we knew that Bewitched wasn't really a witch, that it was all too. We knew those things. There, there's not a knowing. There is not a discernment. And kids are all into spells. They're all into, you know, doing all the virtual casting and all that kind of stuff. They, I mean, they're all into it. And if anybody's in the school system, they know. You know, so we have to realize that It is, you know, we think that we're just doing it for us, but we're doing this to be the breakers for this generation. And you think, well, you know, my kids are grown. You know, I can influence my grandkids. No, what we pray, what we declare, what revelation we're able to stand behind the school board where, you know, where we send notices to our representatives, where we're involved, wherever we can get involved, where we influence our neighbor next door. Those, for every person we influence, they influence 10 and they influence 10. That is the number of multiplicity. That is the 12 loaves that turned out to feed 5,000 people. That's what we are. We are one of the loaves that's being broken apart, that's being multiplied with the revelation of God to change what's going on in our world today. That's who we are. And I, I just, I'm excited about it because you know, we can be discouraged or we can be an encouraged because we know that God has a solution. We can be without hope or we can be full of hope because God has a solution. We can be a fire in this, in this time. We can be a fire for God. Okay, we're going to read a couple more scriptures and then we're going to close. Let's uh, go to Matthew 13. Now, I'm going to tell you guys, this is not going to be easy. If anybody's thinking about, well, okay, Lord, I'm ready. Then you better get ready for some really hard work. Because getting to the uh, base of uh, 
Mauna Kea. It's going to take underwear, water gear. You're going to have to have, you know, being able to go to the deep dive. I mean, it's going to take some work. This is not going to be an easy task. And you can say, well, my plate's full. And just tell God, well, unclean, I mean, clean my plate. Get it off. Get it off. Because you know how to organize my day where whether I have a minute or I have two hours, you know, a minute to God is nothing. He can infuse the whole understanding of scripture, just like he did on the road to Emmaus to those guys. So just because you don't have time doesn't mean that God can't use whatever time you have to drop the revelation that he has for the situation that you're in. So know that it doesn't matter how much time you have. He has all the time in the world. We just turn our face toward him and he gets it worked out for us, right? So I'm encouraging you with this heavy revy. <laughs> Verse 13. He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So you, it has been given to you. You have it. And you know that when there's a mystery, the mystery has to be unfold. And who is the unfolder of our mysteries? God. That's right. Holy Spirit. That's right. But to them, it has not been given. So those who are not part of the kingdom of God have not received the mysteries that God has. So who is going to release the mysteries over them? Because we have the spirit of the living God in us who, seeks, who searches the deep things of God so that he can reveal them to us. So we are the brokers of the mystery for God in an unsaved world. I thought we'd be more excited about this. <laughs> I'm excited about it. I woke up dreaming about it. I've been praying over the last past couple of days for whoever has to him, more will be given. What have we been asking for? More. And he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken, from, taken away from him. God has given us the gift. We're just learning how to use it at different measures, greater levels. And then verse 16, but blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. So we have the eyes and ears to see. We have everything we need and God will increase wherever we need the increase. And then the last scripture we're going to read is Matthew 6, 6. And I was thinking about this this morning. You know, uh, it's funny when we think about, and I said it earlier, when we think about delving into all this, we get overwhelmed by the thought of it at times. I don't have the time. My schedule's full. Lord, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. You know, there's so many things that overwhelm us. But, but the word says uh, in verse 6, it says, um, it's here somewhere. But you, when you pray, go into your room. And when you have shut the door, pray to your father who is in the secret place. And your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. And, you know, in a literal sense, we think we have to go into our little prayer closet and shut the door. But really, we just have to shut out the world and give him a moment. Because he sees he knows he has the answer for what we're hungering for. And it's just saying, Lord, as I go through the day, unfold, unveil, 
reveal and I will do whatever you've called me to do because I've asked for it and you're going to give it to me. So I'm going to close with this. We are, uh, I love this. We are solutionists. I looked this up in the dictionary because um, I'd read it somewhere and I said, what is a solutionist? I mean, literally what's the definition? And it says, uh, a solutionist is a solver of problems, especially one who makes a practical, um, I'm sorry, who makes practice of solving puzzles. And I was thinking about that as far as the word of the Lord goes. You know, we are people that God has given the answer to. And we know that the, the number one answer is Jesus Christ for everybody, right? But as we have received Jesus Christ as Savior, and as we go beyond that, God has an answer to every problem that we face. And it's like the disciples. We're not going to look whether we brought bread or not. We're going to look at God. What are you trying to show me in this situation so I can step into the fullness that you have for me? Amen? Okay, so if you guys don't mind standing, we're, I'm just going to pray over you guys. <sighs> oh, Lord, I just, uh, I keep thinking about the hidden mountain under the water. And just the picture of that, of, uh, of the Holy Spirit being our water and, and, and the hidden mountain, the, the what's hidden that's going to be unearthed for us, that we can pick out uh, the sides to find the answers that you have for us. And Lord, we do want to be solutionists. We want to break this assignment against these kids, against this generation in the name of Jesus. We want their eyes to be open to see the reality of you, Jesus. We, we want them to be the ones that point and say, you know, I was playing on my computer, but then I had this, this vision. Of, I had this, this man show up and, and he said his name was Jesus. So God, we're asking, you know how they receive. You know what their receptors are. You know how they connect, Lord. So we're we're just praying and agreeing with you for the really the harvest of these kids, these little kids all the way up. May they bring the ones that that turn their parents back to them. May they be the breaker anointing for the schools that they're in. May they be willing to stand and say, no, I am not going to believe that. I'm not going to follow that. Jesus, pour in your revelation into them and let them be uh, the breakers for this system and and raise up um, people that will be on the school councils and all those different things that will be the voice of the Lord in this time of darkness. Lord, I thank you that, yes, there is deep darkness on the earth, but the glory of the Lord is risen upon us and that you have given us the ability to partner with your Holy Spirit to have things revealed to us that will break open uh, the strongholds that the enemy has right now. So, Lord, we just thank you. Even that song that we sang that said, uh, as we worship you, there is no voice of the enemy that can out uh, uh, voice that worship, Lord. So we just worship you. And we know that we're in a season where we are plowing ground. We are um, 
uh, digging up hidden mines in the fields. And Lord, we are releasing the atmosphere of the kingdom over our family, over our region and over this earth, Lord, because we will not be silent. We will not be stopped. We will not be uh, held back in the things that you've called us to do. And we will be part of the brokers of solutions in this world for the time that we're in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.